crying aloud. Hey, got welcome, it. Welcome to the Haunted Hacker podcast. And this is the first one for December. Um, and tonight we have Kurt Swizak. I'll introduce him here in a second. Good friend of mine um, was just on Hannity. We're going to recap some of that, that juicy information from Hannity. Uh, nothing real big in the news except for um, if you haven't watched the Christmas episode, the 15 minute episode from, I guess it was last week or the week before, we gave, gave away $10,000 to Tyler Robertson, uh, a veteran for his cyber cybersecurity career um, path. So we're going to be giving out probably another 10000 in January and hopefully another ten in June. So stay tuned. Kurt, it's a pleasure to have you again on the show. Good friend. My of show. honor. My honor. One more time. I mean, how much, how nice it is. I like you haven't called. You haven't written. I am so happy to, I am so happy to be here. The last time I was here, we were just, I was just saying we, I was riding, a, it was a 24 hour show and halfway through, I decided to go ride my bike and rode it in the dark while I listened and talked on the show. It was actually fabulous. Um, yeah, it's cool. Like I said, thank you very, very much again. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's hard to believe that it's been a year already over a year since that last yes. episode. Amazing. Crazy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, this is the second year that we've been on the air and, and the second year that we've had the listeners and, and it still keeps going. I don't know what keeps it going though. <laughs> How nice is it to have the people? I mean, yeah, it's exactly. real, I mean, that is, you know, having an audience and having, having people that are interested in politics, government, the hacking part of it, I mean, sure. just phenomenal. Just yeah. phenomenal. So speaking about phenomenal and, and government and hacking, let's talk about the Handy Show. You know, <laughs> I, I get this message from you that you're going to be on the Handy Show, and I listened to it, and it was really good. I, I heard you guys talking about the skiff and and some of the stuff about Trump and and the Marlago uh, debacle. Yeah. So why don't yeah. we recap that? Tell tell us about the the Handy Show and and what you guys talked about. Well, I'll, I'll get into background. I'm actually in. I'm a. a I'm an attorney. I teach hacking at Quinnipiac University. I'm a retired FBI agent uh, for 24 years. We um, probably considered the most, I know this, uh, most dangerous lawyer in the FBI. I know that because someone told me that. Also, also voted most likely person to be suicided by the federal government in this decade, which is a guarantee, right? After you hear the Hannity show. Right. And, I, um, and I also have the honor of representing mostly FBI agents who come into problems with the FBI. Now, I can tell you how not to get in problems. Here's, here's how you don't get into a problem with the FBI. Okay, you go to work, you hit the gym. Mm -hmm. get, spend, spend about two hours in the gym, go meet your friends, go get a cup of coffee, come back, check out the newspapers. You come, do that a little, go to lunch, drive around in your view car, listen to the good time, what they call the good time radio, and then go home. That's how you don't get into trouble in the FBI. If you do work in the FBI, you put yourself in peril. Now, sure. it is the FBI has so many rules. They don't even they don't even make one day. Some of them don't even make sense, but they contradict each other. And I once got OPR sent to internal investigation because I spent six dollars on gas. And they couldn't figure out why I spent $6 on gas. Nobody would spend $6 unless they're putting it into their own personal car or into a can, a red can. I'm like, Paul, hey, hey, you gave me a Prius. Okay. <laughs> Which is like a little can. Yes. And, and it took, um, and I drove it around Washington for about an hour and I filled it up. So, so I got, I got subject to administrative dis or discipline for that. I had one guy who got rear, well, a friend who got rear ended 
and he uh, he got punished by the bureau for for not yeah for being in a car accident. So wow. the bureau is very finicky. If if you are part of a company that has fifty pages of rules, they may be for you. If you have five pages of rules, I I tell people if you have a a policy for cybersecurity. It's five pages, 10 pages tops, but five pages. If you have a 50 page policy, it's unusable. Now you can have procedures, but not policy. And, but the, but the FBI has 5,000 pages of policy and they have something called, which they call a policy implementation guide, which is referred to as a pig. Now you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to call it a pig anymore. I know this because I was actually in a meeting where I referred to it as the pig and they got chastised by the upper management. I'm like, we have acronyms for everything. Like, right. that's not when you don't use. And so they have 5,000 pages. The FBI whistleblow, every FBI agent, every FBI employee is a mandatory reporter. They're not whistleblowers. If, the, if, if an FBI agent sees misconduct, they are required to report it. If they commit misconduct, they are required to report this. Now, I've reported myself multiple times. I mean, I... walked into a skiff with a phone, hung out in there for eight hours, and then the phone rang. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> I didn't realize it. Everyone looked at me like I was a fool. I walked out with the shame, went, walked right over to my security guy, put the phone on his desk, said, hey, I screwed up. And they said, well, there's a form. Congratulations, Kurt, you get to fill out a form. And they call E-Pass. Filled out the form, and they walked back up, bang, on the hand, don't do it again. If you do that multiple times in a skiff, which is a special compartmentalized information area, so you can't have electronics right. in these skiffs, um, you'll be thrown out of the skiffs. You'll have you'll lose your clearance. The skiffs are where all the secrets are held, and we're talking secrets like forget about crime. It's the president, mm-hmm. you know, Area 51, whatever there is out there going on, it's going to be in a skiff because it has to be. Because if you're talking about, the biggest thing is really human assets. If you're talking about what people are doing to help the FBI, you cannot let the particulars get out because just by letting the particulars get out, the the adversaries can identify them. Right. And so you talk about those, especially national security in a skiff. And there are rooms in the FBI that are just sealed. And there are rooms in the government where you would never bring that type of phone. And I will tell you this, I went to, I, I went to a, I went to a meeting before I was going overseas. Mm-hmm. And the first, the first place I went was a skiff and they sent me in there and they explained to me what the rules were. Right. Then they took me to another skiff and they gave me a, a, they put a life insurance policy in front of me and they said, this life, life insurance policy has no no war exclusion, no suicide exclusion. And it's part of the, um, because that's part of the job. Now that was, none of that was secret. It's actually a a company allowed the agency to be able, this agency to be able to provide that to me because of the type of work I was doing. And they're like, look at suicide part of the job, getting killed in war is part of the job. But what happened in the first skiff was stuff that would never leave that skiff. Right. And that is the stuff that you die for in war. And that you kill yourself for because if you get if you get captured, yeah, yeah, you're done. There's a guy. There, we have one retired FBI agent who's who spent the last 
20 years, 15 years in a cell in Iran. We will never get out if he's still alive. He'll never get out. But those there are there are some secrets in the government. It's hard and it's hard to believe that there are, but there are some secrets where you would not want anybody to be captured knowing those secrets. Right. And I think the message of here are our here's the information. Oh, by the way, the next room is if you your your wife gets an extra million dollars if you cap yourself because you because of what happened in the previous room, that tells you everything you need to know. Exactly. And that's not that's that actually happened. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing that scares someone more. You're like, the pucker factor goes up going, wow. Wow, man, that is really wrong. That is so they, wrong. In the military, they used to have um, the, the the legend or the myth was they used to have Marines staying outside the skiff that had a bullet for each person in that skiff. Yeah. In case that you get boarded or compromised. And I know with like a lot of the EP3, like Orion, some of those planes, like immediately, the first thing they tell you is how to discard of the information, destroy it, and what to do if you can't. Exactly. Yeah. This, this is the the policies, the particulars, and you, yeah, the particulars of how you do this stuff is is amazing. That the, the military, the military personnel are really highly competent. I mean, literally, you're going to burn the building down before you have this. I've been in, I have been handed hand grenades thermite grenade saying if there's an issue here that's it that's it and that and that's how important it is now if in the fbi the senior seventh floor of the fbi is all executives mm-hmm. and I, I went on i i, I a reporter called me up um cherry pickett great great reporter um doesn't like corruption and she did a story and the fbi actually came out and said the story about the story was about um assistant deputy director i think it's paula bait about the fact that he was he was carrying around a cell phone in another skiff in another facility for a year and the fbi now if i'm in the fbi the only time the fbi is ever going to mention me is one if they're condemning me and two if they're about to if they've arrested me and are seeking the death penalty right that's gonna that that's how the fbi is gonna be for me right but the FBI came out and said, oh, we're absolutely defending Paul, uh, Paula Bay. When does the FBI ever come out? Usually you say, we're going to open up an inquiry to determine whether the facts are true. Not right. in 10 minutes tell you it's not true. Or that's a false, because how would the how would they know? Unless Paula Bate lied to him, which in case he did, right. or which in case if he, if he got the information, he did. But the, um, the, the media people wouldn't know that. And... They came out and defended someone personally, which I think is appalling because the FBI should be about the facts. Whether what, forget about whether you like me or not, the question is whether Paula Bate did this. Now I know I actually know I've I've been in skiffs where it's prestigious mm-hmm. to carry a, for for the the senior executives to carry the phones in the skiff. And part of the reports to Congress was that fact that there were competitions with FBI executives to get information up to Mueller. So they would have they the executives would carry that so they'd be the first one to report on you know Joe Schmo the Arab or Joe Schmo's a Somali who's trying to blow up the U.S. and and that's why they're carrying but it became a a matter of prestige to walk around I walk around they shoot me that the Marine takes right. the bullet they walk around they win but evidently he did this and he's now the deputy director now if I compromise the security of the FBI for a year I don't care who you are I think you should be removed. Didn't Robert Smith do that at one point? 
and they get uh, charged. Right. <laughs> yes. yes. Jail time. Jail. You right. do. Hey, you do this. You go to jail. I do this. I go to jail. I'm I'm up at ADX prison in in Colorado. You know, in, in a prison alone. Yes, right. but what happened with him? The FBI is defending him now. The FBI defending him. We refer to that as corrupt. Right. Right. Because the FBI shouldn't be defending people. So anyway, so I so so the FBI condemned me for it. Said, how would I know? Because I only have all these people. I have one half of the FBI whistleblowers are, are, are my client, give or take. But I think the, the number is, we don't know how many there are, but it appears to be about half. Wow. So for sake of argument here. But anyway, so as soon as I come out and, and, and say this, and then the con condemnation from FBI headquarters, then I get another phone call from people who say, hey, by the way, Kurt, I just want to tell you, never met you before, but I'm also an FBI agent. And I want to tell you because... I'm the guy who does the sweeping of the electronic sweeping of the area. And I mean, I was responsible for the whole thing. And oh, by the way, this guy, the, it's not just that the seventh floor had dozens of electronic devices inside Ray's skiff and a bait skiff presently. In fact, and then they told him not to report it. Now, if I'm the Russian now, now if I'm the Russians or you okay, right. or you, and I want to own the FBI, I just sit across. They have one of they have oh, what they parabolic the, antenna. Yes, I'm like and it's a parabolic antenna, and you're sitting. But there's a great coffee shop that faces right across the street. I would be sitting in there with a big, huge antenna right in my briefcase. I'd sit there all day having coffee. I'd own the whole place. How to believe that that doesn't happen? If we're sweeping it for countermeasures, somebody's sweeping it to find out if there's actually, um, you know, information and electronics being emitted from there. Exactly. And there's actually a box that's about the size of a small notebook called Hack RF1. And it actually picks up GSM and... and... I got one! Yeah, right. So <laughs> yes! it's, it's really easy to do that, especially like in a location like I'm at where the FBI is directly line of sight out my window. Does it work? Yeah. Uh, it works. No, yeah. <laughs> I heard oh, it works. Wait, 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 wait. Before you, it's Hack RF, right? Hack RF. That's okay. Now, what's the company that makes that? Um, I, um, it's a it's, hack, a, it's a hack five is hack, hack five is where I they got sell my, it. Yeah, yeah, they hack five is great, but there's a company that ma there's a, a company. It's a guy's guy's name that makes it. It's great because yeah. it, it 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 emulates or able to receive from every frequency, right? Yep. And and uh, there's Evil GSM2 that actually helps you collect MZ information regarding each endpoint that's connecting to that tower. So it's a lot of information, a lot of data. Now, did the RF, the hack or the, or the RF, did that cost you fifteen or $20,000? No, not at all. <laughs> you could probably build one for free. Yeah. Or pay what two hundred bucks if that? I mean, it's 200, 300 bucks, yeah. Very difficult to use too, right? Right. right. <laughs> okay, so you, so th this is trivial, right? This is a trivial hack to get to actually take. Very this. trivial, yeah. Very trivial. I mean, it's not even worth. It's, it, it's so bad that they would leak that type of material, that type of information outside. That just for that alone, mm. Paula Bate should step down. Let's be a man about it. You should step down. I mean, if I was there, that's what I would do because right. I violated the rules. I, I didn't have the, me, the FBI media telling me I did um, that, you know, protecting me. But what does that say for everyone else? What, what, what's so anyway? So, the, so 
that was the skiff issue is the fact that the most secret information and in the world mm-hmm. from the most and let, let's put it this way when you look at the fbi right now the fbi is the most powerful law enforcement agency in the known universe and the most corrupt well, you know, I mean, talk, well, there's some police departments that are out there, but it's, yeah, I mean, that's it, for the power it has, it shouldn't be corrupt at all. It's too right. valuable. This stuff is too valuable to be, to be corrupted one bit. Now, when I was over in Iraq in 2009, the, the general Petraeus was there. It was a surge in 2008 and nine. And, mm-hmm. and they decided they were going to do quantity first for by getting law enforcement. We'll get quantity first, quality second. Bring in the right. qu- make the quantity and make find the officers and then make them into great officers. But that doesn't work. Right. You have to have the quality first and build the core. Then you have the quantity because one corrupt guy will hurt a department. Two corrupt guys will hurt a department. Five corrupt police officers or FBI agents will destroy a department. You don't have right. to look at the people's hands. And we have people in, in, in jail that have, have suffered or that we have suffered the, the wrath of these guys, just one of them. And now you have the, and, and, it, it, and I'm not sure what is worth worse when you have a guy like Hansen, the who, Robert Hansen. Yeah. Who sold stuff to the spies or you have these knuckleheads who are giving it away for free. Well, and the funny thing too, you talk about the skiffs and, and how this is happening on the seventh floor. For those of you who don't know, after Robert Hansen, the FBI created a sock within the FBI headquarters at the Hoover building. Yes. So I can't I, I can't remember if it's like the fifth or fifth or floor. Fifth floor yeah. where they have the sock. And so they monitor all of the FBI headquarters networks and all the assets there in the building. And this is occurring two floors up from the sock. I've never heard of the sock. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> Never heard of it. Don't know anything about it. Yep. Can't. Okay. I, I. And here's the thing. You. You have a bunch of very dedicated people mm-hmm. that will actually give. That will do whatever it takes to protect the material. Yeah. That. This is. This is that. I mean, you. You can't. You. You can't understate how important this is because if there's somebody who is, providing information. Say they're in. Uganda and they're providing information that information gets back to Uganda that this guy is providing it they're gonna kill him right away right. right that they're dead any any country if you have spies they're gonna kill them that's what they do to spies except for the US or make him jump out of windows at resorts <sighs> yeah I know it's <laughs> you know <laughs> there's a lot of people who die in hotel rooms I mean it's just one right. of those, even DC there's a, a fair amount of people who die in hotel rooms yeah you know, like war, like uh wormwood I, I think that was a great documentary series that I watched uh, where the uh, CIA was messing with LSD and tossed that dude out the window in New York yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know if if it, it is um it, it's those are all secrets yeah <laughs> you know, they're, they're, I, I it's could, I can't believe that the CIA would actually ever do that. They're just the good people. They're job they're, hazards, you know. <laughs> Look, you 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 have to protect, you have to protect your secrets. Right. It costs you. It costs a lot of money and a lot of a lot of treasure, a lot of lives to be able to to obtain those secrets. And not so to mention, people, like the Hoover Building is right down the street from Embassy Row. Yes. Where, and people who don't know D.C., Embassy Row is where all the foreign embassies in the U.S. house their people. And this is right down the street from the Hoover building. It's, it's not. Well, I mean, I just like the fact that the coffee, I can't remember what the coffee shop is. It's not Starbucks. It's yellow. Yeah. Um, but, but it's, you could literally sit there and look up at the director's 
sweet area and have coffee all day. Yeah. And honestly, you'll have FBI agents talking about talking shop in that coffee shop, but you can stick that, stick that, that antenna right there. No one, no one's going to do anything as long as you're buying coffee right. and, 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 and just suck it up. I mean, it's nuts. And the antennas that we use are not large antennas. The antenna that I use for pen tests and, and red teaming literally fits in a backpack. Yes. So I can walk by a building and pick up every single Everything. GSM signal out of that building of a skyscraper, which is the backpack. How, how, I mean, all, all they have to, all someone would have to do, I mean, imagine how easy it is to actually get someone to work into, in that store Simple. and just put, yeah, put the, and then they have a garage, they have a parking garage right there. They could drop, I mean, you could, you could make anything, drop it right out front, it, 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 off on the side, something's discreet. The, all the, I mean, that, that, that uh, RF is probably about what, about that big? Yeah. Five inches by four. Five inches, inches by four. Yeah. Hook up an antenna, boom, you're in business. And yep. there and, and all of a sudden you're collecting all the secret data in the and, and, t- and turning on a cell phone speaker, little tricky, but all you have to you, you they have they have a, they have this thing called the internet. Yeah, you can, you go can, online. You can watch my YouTube channel and learn how to how to there. hack Androids remotely. Look, damn. Okay, <laughs> there we are. So and, <laughs> So the idea that they would do this and they, and, 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 but no one said they've stopped. Now, Paula Bay also had an, had another, what I, I love. The Paula Bay was from New York. So he, he worked in New York with me and mm-hmm. people would say he's arrogant. People would say a, a lot of different things, all of which may or may not be true. Um, he, he clearly worked in New York. I believe this. I believe the information about um, about him carrying the cell phone around because I've seen it. Right. Um, I've seen that from a bunch of people, and that's consistent with how executives in the FBI are. But you, but the one that really blew me away was the fact that one of the protected disclosures comes in and says, "Hey, by the way, Paula Bate has a girlfriend," and that girlfriend was in the Office of General Counsel. Now, this isn't me. This is actually a protected disclosure that went to Congress. Right. So this is in Congress. What had a girlfriend? She was about to get fired because she was not that good at her job. Now, you could get fired in the FBI by, by being very good at your job. So just because someone says you're you're getting fired does not mean you're you're going to have been um <laughs> you're going to have done anything wrong. But he but all of a sudden he she stopped getting the process of getting fired because she started dating Paula Bate and then she got shipped off and then the rumor was and this is what the protective disclosure said was she got um a free um trip to a university to go to law school wow on the government's dime now i'm not sure if that's true or not but that's what this agent or this employee was saying was hey by the way now when you're in the office of general counsel anyone who knows this has a lot of access to information. So, but then the rumor came out that, hey, she's over in, I think the Detroit or Chicago office and the the protected disclosure came out. So about a week ago, I got a phone call from another one of my, one of my friends who's over in Chicago said, Kurt, you know, what you did to that poor lady was terrible. I'm like, why? She goes, because she never once came to our building to work where she's supposed to be working. He goes, but she had to run back and work now. But she's actually walking around the parking lot because she doesn't know where to go. Oh my <laughs> <gosh. up> <laughs> she goes, I blame this on you. So if you give you if you if you have a program where you could send someone to 
for a master's degree, you give that to your most excep exceptional person. Right. You give it to the people that are hard. Forget about exceptional, exceptional, hardworking. Give it to the hardworking person that, that spent 19 years doing some job that no one else wants to do and doing that, whatever it is. And, and, and really, if you are sweeping a floor in a skiff, you have all of the same security clearances yep. as the person that's running the army. That's reading the information, yeah. Yeah, that is this. They, 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 everyone who's in there is, is trusted, but give it to that person. Let them go to school, even if they're sweeping the floor or what. And it's still, that's an important job, sweep the floor, but go on a year sabbatical. Right. But the idea now the person's walking around trying to find a place to sit and work because someone discloses this is just too funny. Yeah. Um, and again, we, we, we refer to that in the FBI as corruption. Absolutely. That's sad. That That's that idea. If that's true. And, and again, for these are now why I said that this was a, uh, this was a protected disclosure. The mm -hmm. whistle in, in the FBI. There's there is a protected disclosure and it's different than in the in the real world, because in the real world, if you are a whistleblower for a corporation, cha-ching, mm -hmm. cha-ching, you bring in right. money. That's why people do it. For the IRS, they bring in money. Right. FBI agents, the only thing they get by by be, by reporting wrongdoing and going to a whistleblower is they get to keep their job. That's and all it does. It, and put it, on a list, I'm sure. Well, yeah, you're done. You're done. Your career is over. Yeah. But you're but you are but the but the whistleblower court provides no compensation really other than getting your job. So keeping it. So I represent people in that court now. Before me, and I went to that court. There were only four people in FBI history who ever who won, and none of them stayed in the stayed in the job. Why would you want to though? Because you'd be walking around with a target on your back, right? To destroy the place from within. I mean, to to change it, <laughs> to change it for the better, to change right. it for the better. Right. Be, come on, you don't. Those are the people you don't want to leave. That's very true, though. That's true. You if you you want because it's. In the FBI, it's okay to make mistakes. You just have to admit you made a mistake and be accountable, and then it sh you should move on because everyone makes mistakes, and you don't want you don't want to do all this work to get somebody, have them make a mistake, and then say, "Well, you're out." But the surest way, if you if you make a mistake, say sexual harassment, you're not getting fired. If you report someone for sexual harassment, you're getting fired. Exactly. Which is crazy. So anyway, okay, so. So that's where, so that's what we were talking about on Hannity, going going on about the um, the difficulty with um, with the whistleblowers and how many there are and stuff. It was, it was quite interesting. I thought. I, I mean, I, I enjoyed doing it. You know, it, it was a really good interview too, because you know, thinking back to like with my interaction with the FBI and and how they deal with you know like informants and and meetings and stuff like that, it it brought up a lot of questions for me because it was like. I was never checked at any of our, our meetings if I was carrying a cell phone, if yeah. I was recording anything. The agents never asked me. And yeah. part of me is like, well, maybe they already knew. Maybe they had somebody in a parking lot. But no, I mean, common sense says that, that they were probably just lax on that. And I could have carried any kind of recording device I wanted to. They wouldn't have known. That's right. Well, here's the thing. First of all, if you're carrying a recording device, that would mean that you are that you're trying to catch them for doing something wrong, and right. hopefully they're not doing anything wrong. Hopefully they they may have a they may have a recording device. Right. But but I w actually if someone told me I've had people bring 
for informant meetings have people bring guns, people mm -hmm. bring recording devices. I'm like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to do anything wrong. You want to record it? Fine. I said, right. my, the, more importantly, as looking at an informant, um, and I, I and, and really, there are so many people who are, who, who are human sources for the FBI that are trusted by the FBI who are, who, who may have done something wrong. Maybe they haven't, maybe they're doing it for money, but they, but they provide a huge asset to the FBI and they should be treated with respect and all, I mean, with dignity and respect. And if, if you can't treat your, if you don't trust your, if you don't trust your source, mm -hmm. you probably shouldn't have. How them. good is that source? Yeah. 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 I would. I mean, I, I funny. My, the, my, my sources were, um, my, my sources were, were people that they would, they, I'm sure they would consider me friend, a friend. Mm -hmm. And I, and, and to the extent that I could be consider them a friend, I would, I had one, I had one guy who got arrested. Um, he, he was outside of, uh, some event, like it was a, it was a church event and, and, and the, and the police officers were letting all the, all the executives from one bill, one company in and leave and leaving everyone aside. So they're treating one company differently. Right. And, and he reported this, he stopped the police officer and said, that's corrupt. You let everyone in and the cops arrested him on the spot. And, oh, he, wow. and then he called me up. I'm like, I mean, I can, <laughs> I can help you out, but that would look very strange considering the value of what you're helping us out. And he goes, but I'm, I'm guilty of sin. I'm like, I know that, but I, I'll do you, I'll let you choose. What would you rather do? Have an FBI agent come in and compromise you or work this out and we'll figure something out later on. Right. And what was funny about that was he, he, he actually said, you're, you know, you're right. So he took a plea, which I told him not. To. I mean, I can't tell him. I said like, Right. Jury trial, son. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what jury trial. But he's like, I don't want to deal with. That. I take a plea. And then C just came out like three months later and and had his record expunged. Wow. Now, I th did. You, do you know the expungements happen so quickly or can happen so quickly that people may not even have records. So I see people walk around for twenty years with a record. I'm like, go get an expungement. And, and get 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 an expungement because. Why are you being plagued by something you did? I, I mean, I've done so many things wrong in my life. I can't count them. And why would you be plagued with, you know, just just human Forever. nature. Yeah. Oh, shoot. I screwed that up again. You know, it's only three times. And, um, I mean, I'm, I'm not allowed to go into one, one country because I'm PNG persona non grata. They told me if I come back, I can expect to have irons around my wrists and ankles Wow. because I'm protecting the U S interests, not other countries interests. Right, right. Just, and what I did, I, I got away with, and they said, "You win this time." And I apologized. They said, that, and they they said, "No, we get it, but understand what the rules of the game are. Next time, you won't have diplomatic immunity. Next time, you're gonna be locked up here." Okay, thank you. Thanked them profusely, actually, and because they could have locked me up, and I'd have to get out. And nobody really wants to be in those jails in Middle East, Africa. No bad. Or even Mexico. Mexico. Right. <laughs> I just I, I just had a friend of mine who was in a, a psych ward in Mexico. I like, you know what it takes to get into a psych ward in Mexico? What did psych you do? <laughs> I, he, he went on a bender. I mean, I was like, dude, what kind of bender was that? He's like, I don't know. Well, that would explain why you're in the psych ward. Okay, so <laughs> right? so where were we? Where were we? If um but you but it's um oh, damn it, where I lost track my my thought here. Of, of where we're going with this corruption and yeah it's corrupt 
I mean, oh, no, no, that wasn't what we talked about. What we're talking about is the value of human sources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're also in that, You, what I just told you, I think is more important was that I don't care if someone did, if people do something wrong, mm -hmm. you're accountable and you move on. And that, that even if somebody has been arrested, they have, and they're helping us out, they're the same type of source as the guy who's an executive who's helping us out. There should right. be no difference in trust. If you can't trust your source, you shouldn't have your source. And, and, and this was coming into one of the issues I talked on Hannity about was there was a protected disclosure that related to a drug transaction out of Newark. Mm -hmm. And and before I talk about the drug transaction on Newark, I got to talk about the rapist. And I have, there was another protected disclosure who was talking about a guy who was harassing people, so uh, harassing women, sexual harassment, so much in the Newark office that he had a nickname of the rapist. That's crazy. Now, now I look at that, that guy is gone. Right. If if I have one sexual harassment complaint in my I, I would pull that person and I have done this and said, You're just never gonna do this again, right? That's first of all, you will never do this again. Secondly, if you do it again, you'll be out of my unit immediately. And then I'm then what what your performance report will look like will all it will talk about is why you're out of that unit. Right. That's how it should, there, you can end sexual harassment in the Bureau in, in a second. If you, if you make, if you equate the misconduct with the performance and the FBI actually separates the two. So executives who have out, multiple allegations of misconduct, sexual harassment are never judged on that for performance. And, so anyway, just, for, so, and just for yeah. the record, agents have what level of clearance when they become an FBI agent? Mandatory, it's well. It's, Secret, it, right? No, everyone oh. has to be able to become a top seat, have top secret. Yes. Right. Yes. Now you, you only get, you only get to keep the clearance that you need. Right. And so to what all FBI facilities are at a secret level. Right. So if you need to go up to a, a, a skiff and TS skiff, they'll That'd give it cleared. To you. Yeah. But like that, you're clear like that, but that means there's the scrutiny increases tremendously and you're, right. and you are under, you are technically under scrutiny. I'm under scrutiny. Right. The executives Ray and Abate. <laughs> well, they're... see, that's why I bring this up because we're, we're these people that we're talking about, like the sexual harassment, the rapists, all this stuff, right? These are guys who have already gone through a security clearance, SF eighty six. They're secret and above, at that's, least. And how easy are they to compromise? Yeah, blackmail. That's blackmail done, yeah. done. Now the now I didn't learn about I didn't learn about the rapist because of someone telling me this initially i i actually disclosed it to congress and when I, I have to in order for a protected disclosure for my client to be proper i have to go to a congressman now the gentleman gomer who was doing the interview was actually a congressman so the information i was providing to a congressman and also 2.4 million people is that how many people watch Andy every day or something like that yeah. that's actually a legal protected disclosure right now the FBI probably says, wait a second, you did it on a radio show, but I never talked to the congressman in person other than on a radio show. If I have to make my protected disclosures, it's, that's how you do it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Coincidentally, how did that work out? <laughs> so, so I think, I, and I think the, I think the message there to why I've, I've never, I've missed, you know, the Rep representative Gomer is a great guy. Mm -hmm. I've heard greats about, I've never talked to him that before that. And, and I think the message there is to the FBI that we wanted to test 
the information that you're going to see when the hearings come up next month or starting next month right. by having one person talk about them, which was me. Now I'm going to jump back to the rapist. So we go. So now the rapist isn't a rapist. The rapist is a guy who is a se who sexually harasses people. But in the FBI, I can under very much understand why you'd have that that moniker. Right. So I walk into a field office, the, the Newark field office, and I'm sitting there signing in and going through all the process. I'm not even in the FBI. I'm not even in the FBI. An agent walks in and says, "Hey," to the person behind the desk, "Was hey, is the rapist still here?" I'm like, "Oh my god." what i'm like what and the lady goes no 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 she they just gave him his opr or his um his prl so he got his voluntary transfer to another office so the bureau instead of punishing him they gave him a voluntary transfer to another office i heard all of that bureau or catholic church well you know that the executives in the fbi refer to themselves as the college of cardinals right it doesn't surprise me <laughs> yes okay so the, <laughs> We we are the one we are the ones who are protect. We are the FBI, not we. I'm not in it anymore. But the young men and women who are there are the last line of defense. Right. And and they should be. And and oh by the way, people should be critical of what they're doing because if you're not critical of what they're doing, they'll do whatever the hell they want. Right. But anyway, so so they say what, the, what they say about the rapist. Now I I pull my friend aside. Now I'm there for a reason for a mouth for a guy who's being targeted because he's a whistleblower. I looked at him, I said, what are you talking, what's, what's that? He's, he tells me this story. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Right. He's like, no, he goes, you have to understand the boss here walks around the office telling people he wipes his buttocks with um, EEO complaints. Now equal employment Whoa. opportunity EEO complaints are civil rights complaints. Yep. And the head of the FBI, the SAC, the special agent in charge and the assistant SAC, are the most powerful law enforcement in the state. Mm -hmm. And when the, and their belief on internal complaints of sexual harassment are they're meaningless. And he said that out loud. He actually also said that he was going to take care of me. Now I have the, yes, that was one of the, the there, were, there were actually three death threats that came out of Newark. Oh my god. Now one of them came to one of them came was a, was a picture of um, Serpico on a book I could send it's actually interesting I could send you how picture. long ago was this Kurt two and a half years ago oh wow no there, there's a there, this this came out um there was a book um called Serpico where a police officer was shot in the face I believe shot in the face but survived mm -hmm. um and they found the, the book on an agent's desk who was a whistleblower and the and the picture of um Frank Serpico was removed and the picture the face of the agent was put on it oh wow yes now Anyone who's in the NYPD or knows about what happened to Serpico would consider that to be a death threat. Right. Same time, another agent who who has an association vis-a-vis -vis work with the country of Iran finds a, finds a picture of um, a General Soleimani. Oh wow. Now I know I knew who got Soleimani. droned. Who got droned? That's one way of saying it, you know. <laughs> Assassinated the other. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Soleimani. Well, they felt fairness. Yeah, he got hit by a drone right in the Baghdad airport, right coming out of the Baghdad airport. Yeah. Um, he actually got got it right next to where I lived, which was kind of sad. Um, Soleimani, I had met. Soleimani was actually one of the most moderate of 
the, the whole generals. regime. Uh, yes, right. until until the U.S. screwed him. Right. <laughs> like now he's going to be ah, okay. Screw the U.S. But he but he actually had he actually had some. Um, I I actually met him at a um, at a at a bar at a that was a bar. It was um, a tea shop in in Baghdad where he came over and he and he he asked some very important questions about making sure some Americans were safe because he wasn't really interested in hurting Americans. So right. You know, so that, so, you know, th th I thought that was very good of, kind of him. He also figured out the secret sauce on how to hurt America. And that's when, and the secret sauce was he was having protests, but nobody was displaying guns. Because if you display guns, they could mow your butts down. But right. if it looks like it's a peaceful protest, you probably you do could take, yes. Or, or a wedding. <laughs> so, so. Okay, so you have to you have to you have to bring over the predator and drone him and explain to the next guy what that what's going to look like having those peaceful protests. Right. And and they were peaceful protests. There were there were weapons obviously there, but they weren't being displayed. They're right outside the embassy and um probably probably fair. Um I have a problem with killing people in 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 allied countries. Mm. Act, you know, right Iraq is an ally, right? That we helped them out. Which I would I, I mean no one ever considered. We were running the country at that point. Pretty much. Right, right. Yeah. Right after. Right. Yeah. We had, we had turned our stuff over, but the, the money kind of stopped going in, but there are people mm. and, um, and we don't want people targeting our generals like that. Right. I mean, that's the cult, you know, what would, what would we do if they target our generals like that? You know, we, we would have a real be problem. A war. Yeah. Right. Be a war. Yeah. And, um, so, but, but again, I, I have, Soleimani was, was an enemy actor. But if but not everybody who dislikes the U.S. is actually playing for real. Right. Some people do it because they it's part of the job and the way they get promoted is by going up. And I'm not sure how 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 certain he uh, he was that he was going to be as bad. He did run the IRGC. Um, right. But you know, it was, I mean, it was it was a, it was a fair. I guess if you if you're allowed to blow people away in other people's countries, it's a he's a fair target. Um, but we it's it's ama it's amazing how we do that because so much for the you know we, we you know the, the 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 joke in the government's been for a long time surgical strikes um well you know not so surgical yeah i, I think some of them took place at, at weddings and and whole yeah. wedding parties were destroyed well I, I the wedding party the wedding party video which was first of all if you go to a part if you go to a wedding in kentucky there's very possibly some guns there They're, right right there if you go to par parties in some places you're going to have a few rifles you're going to have fireworks you're going to have whatever rpgs right yeah 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 well, that doesn't mean you get to blow them all away and they blew right. it looked like they blew away a whole wedding party and there were no enemy there was just a big coming out of a mosque for a celebration and getting hit by a, um, a 500 pound bomb right which does which is like the, that's like the big party pooper i mean it just doesn't do well for the party it's not rice right <laughs> oh no. but again well and but in fair in fairness to the to, to the people on the ground they they're not they can order in a strike but there's other people that are up higher who is supposed to tell them no that's not a good strike or yes and they should do it in real time right. and, and and i look at that and i look at that and that is painful to see a lot of people getting killed um 
if it was in Fallujah in the middle of right before the battle of Fallujah, I would be like different story. Maybe, or maybe you just made a lot more enemies, right? Maybe you just pissed off everybody in town by, by doing that. And that's, that's the, the, the Fallujah was not never a friendly place in America and in, in for to America, but you know, damn. You know, yeah, Fallujah I mean, was one of the toughest uh, strongholds that they fought against in that war. Yeah. From yes. the beginning. And the Marines did a great job. Yeah. House to house, Stalingrad. That was, mm-hmm. that was Stalingrad. You talk about people fighting house to house. Door to door. Yep. Door to door. Yeah. Grenades going in every room and it's just, a, it was a bloodbath that the Marines did a, did a great job in there. I mean, I remember what, listen to, I went, I went, actually went to Fallujah and, and did an interview there in <laughs> Fallujah. I went in there, I, I badged Sam with the FBI and they're like, Whoa, yeah, we love the FBI. We saw you on TV. Yada, yada. Yeah. We're happy to talk to you. He goes, Oh, you're good. Those Marines, we hate them. Really? We hate them. They're not the, your, your, your escorts, not Marines. I'm like, they are not Marines. They are, they're good, solid people called Blackwater. They're okay. <laughs> <laughs> saw them on TV too. They're good, oh, honest whoops. guys. <laughs> So if you like, if you're going to pick, um, you know, it's, it, you know, using the, um, I mean, the Marines, they, they, they are, they will, I mean, again, you never hear a Marine talking about a Japanese, the Japanese and any friendly people, if they've been, if they were in World War II, right. you don't hear the Japanese talking anything good about the Marines, very seldom. Right. And that's going to be the case with the, with people in Fallujah mm. and with U.S. Marines, because they, they, there was, it was a no hold bar fight. Right. Um. And, and there was and there a lot of blood spilled. Um. But yeah. So it's it's you have all that, and then you have the guys in the seventh floor blowing the secrets. You have you know you have a guy who's who's easily compromised running around the FBI. You have so I'm gonna get back to the drugs. And I, and, and this is something that's I talked I've talked to Congress several times about that. And there, there's a head of a drug squad or it's a violent crime squad in. Newark. So he, he, it's amateur hour. That that's all you can say about this. I've seen the I've seen the records. I know what they say. I know how they look. I know how they should look. I know that the guys that actually reported this are probably. If I told you who they went against as, as who they were going against as undercovers, you'd be like, you got to be kidding. I mean, this is the these these are real real agents that are reporting this. These aren't isn't garbage these are the best of the best they report this one guy and say he went to a, a drug deal and this i got i got a phone call and and it said hey I'm, I'm i'm from newark this guy had this drug deal it's bad occur i heard about you what do i do mm-hmm. so first of all you haven't proved that you know anything about drugs i, I believe you're an agent i i because i know you i asked you the color of the floor and you're uh, at that place and you knew it um because only the fbi would have a colored floor that color and um but you haven't show, told me that you know anything about drugs because you said this was a $500 drug transaction. And as an FBI agent, 500? I, I, I wouldn't do $500. That's right. That's street level. That's not what I do. Right. Right. And I said, so I don't understand. What's la- and what's the last drug transaction you did? He was like 500. I'm like, so you're a $500 drug transaction agent is complaining about another 500. He's like, no, Kurt. I did 500,000 myself personally with no one else. Oh, by the way, in order to get that stuff out of there, I had to go buy a few machine guns and to do that, to make sure it was safe. And I had to hire some people too. I'm like, 
give me the give me the number, prove it, show it to me on paper. And I was in the bureau at that time, and right. so he, he gave me the file number. I looked. I said, "Holy cow, are you nuts?" And then he said, "Oh, by the way, you know, I have I have, an, I have some. He had some combat experience over in Afghanistan or in uh, in Afghanistan." But he said, I said, how did this happen? So the, 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 the agent, this agent went with his informant and told the guy to buy heroin, buy a brick of heroin. And, and, and in Newark, New Jersey, I'm going to give you how you, you know this, but it's a brick is 500. Well, no, no, in Newark, in, yeah, that's down south. This is in, it's 500 decks, you know, the oh. little glassine bags. It's, yeah. it's, it's 50, I'm sorry, 50 decks of heroin that's, that's sealed in a container. And it's basically wrapped up and taped and nothing's coming out of that. That, I mean, they, when they pack a chair one, but it's all right. branded. So, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have to have a brand on every single one. So, you know, the quality and the source of your heroin, like any good heroin user knows they want to have, make sure they're getting the right stuff right. for what they're paying for. So he, the, the, the informant buys the brick, brings it back and gives it to the agent. Now, at that point, the agent should pat the, this guy down, pull out the pockets, make sure there's nothing involved in it, that he has nothing there, and then leave. Right. So that may or may not have happened, but when they get back to the office, they realize that the, the package had been cut open and one of the glassine bags was missing. Now, that doesn't happen accidentally with, no. with, with drugs because drugs are packaged by pros. And... um. So in the middle of a squad area, he calls up the informant and tells him he needs to get another package of heroin, another deck. Now, the deck has already been submitted to evidence saying there are 50 in there. Right. And if you get another deck from another source that's directed by an agent, that's tampering with evidence. Right. Now, if I was, a new, if I was this guy's trainer... I would stop this immediately and say, you don't understand. This is about your informant stealing a deck of heroin. This is about, there's another person out there who sold you the deck to you and you're going to prosecute that other person. So now you're getting drugs from another source. The, the agent didn't have a good sense of what he was doing. That's my take on it. Right. But my, the person I know, his partner was sitting there and called up my, called up my person said, they're tampering with evidence. So they reported this and both of those guys, they were um, selected for termination. The other people that were dealing with them were selected for, for removal. Everyone got removed. Two people were tried to get, they tried to terminate and they never touched the guy who bought the drugs. Really? Yes. Now that's still going on in, in court. Matter of fact, I have the, I have the, I have the indictment here. So what the, what, what the prosecutors did was they, they did indictment against the gang. Now, this gang was from the Marion Housing Project. Mm. There were eight people involved. And um, the, the guy who bought the drugs, I mean, his name was Sticky. Now, poor Sticky, he may or may not be the best drug dealer in the world. He may have problems. I mean, he's from a bad part of town. He's selling drugs, bad Sticky. But he shouldn't be prosecuted for drugs that are being bought by FBI agents from different sources. From somebody else, right. That and and if, if if that happens, that's called exculpatory information. Right. And that information has to be passed from the 
government to the defense attorney. Now I looked, I could not, maybe it's there. I couldn't find any information. I talked, I asked inside the FBI, did anything happen? Cause something would happen to this agent if that was reported. So basically, basically the agents were trying to buy another deck of heroin to replace the one that was stolen opened and blame that other deck yeah. from another source on sticky who yes. stole the original deck. Who's in jail right now. Right now. I find that if it happens on day one, now you, and you may disagree with me. There, here's my thought process. You could say, Kurt, that's corrupt from the minute. My thought process is because it's such a low weight and this guy doesn't know what he's doing. And he's trying to be all bad, the badass that he didn't understand the dynamics of actually a drug transaction day one. Right. right. When he, when he lied on the paperwork, then he's committing a felony. Right. I would say he would be terminated if he lied on the paperwork, which I've seen the paperwork. The paperwork's bad. A year later, if the, he doesn't report himself, he should be subject to indictment himself. Right. Because that's the we're, if we indict people for drugs then we, we risk this. I mean, it, when you play with, you can agree. I mean, that playing with informants is probably the trickiest thing that an agent on, can do. On both sides. Yeah. For the informant for informa and the FBI. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you, you see, you, 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 I've had people call me up and ask me to be, to be, um, to help them out. And I mm -hmm. said, look, first of all, it's going to be an overt relationship. Right. Secondly, it's not going to be a source. It's going to be over relationship because if you, I, I'm happy to if some if someone's threatening the FBI, I'm going to I'm going to tell the FBI. Secondly, you're going to pay me for it. <laughs> right, right, right. Because I get paid for work doing this stuff, you know. So I, I'm not I'm not that expensive. Um, but you but you have each side has inherent risk. Yes, and and I I have to go in there and go. Do I drive down to I've already, the U.S. attorneys know about this already. The U.S. Right. attorney, one U.S. attorney, as soon as it came, became quasi-public, she left. Coincidentally, oh, you know, medical reasons, you know, family, got to spend time with the family, whatever. She left right away, right after a deposition, she left. Um, but that indictment's still out there. And I may, I may take a ride over and say, hey, you know, hey, to, or to ride over to Sticky's mom and say, hey, mom, got some bad news for you. You know those drugs? Some of the drugs I think were bought by your son. Sorry. Right. The other drug wasn't bought by your son. Right. I would, if I'm you, I would be outraged because I don't think if you, I don't think if you were, if you were Caucasian, that that would fly. No, no. Well, and not only that, but I mean, he's basically being framed. Yeah. He did commit yeah. crimes. Yeah. You know, no, no doubt, but not the one that they're trying to get him for. Well, they didn't put it. They didn't put an indictment. They left it out. <laughs> Yeah, that, the, the indictment starts like a month after they did the buys, but the month after the buy, oh, sorry, we we, we forgot. Forgot. But, yeah. but but the exclusionary rule in the U.S. basically says that the whole foundation is we would rather let ten people go mm -hmm. than put one per, one ten guilty people go than put one innocent person in jail. And that and you know what? I get it because if because if you don't get sticky this go around. You're going you're to get, get him. him next you're, time. Yeah, you're going to get him next time if he's not that he's not that smart. Right. And, and so, you know, so that's the thing. If you the criminals don't do it because they're like most criminals, you, you, you can disagree with me. You may be 
you know, the evil one. But I'm not saying you're a criminal. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But most of the time, people do things either either because need. there's need or because they're weak. Right. I, you know, and I will tell you, I agree with you on this. They they need to do something. They need to prove they're right. They or they're or weak. But drugs is weakness. They don't have money. They don't have and 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 that's really. I, I they have they have to be accountable, just like FBI agents. Right. But you but you if they're real criminals, you'll do them. You'll they'll come back. I mean Jeffrey yeah. Dahmer. If they're you let him go, if you let him go, customers. Once, yeah, right. they're gonna come back. Right. And so that that's the real shame here. And there was no need for any of this to happen. But there's no no need for that guy to be a supervisor in the FBI for the last five years, even after it's been going on. He's remained as a supervisor. He was promoted. That's insane. It's it's ludicrous. And you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of kind of like the good old boy network back in the day you know, in, in law enforcement where, you know, the sheriff, small town, small town sheriff, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And the whole fraternity idea, like the fraternal order police, right? The whole, you know, tighten it. You look up, you look at my back, I'll look after yours. That's what it reminds me of. You know, I, it does, you know, it does. What? Well, that brings up the, the why did this happen? Mm. It happened, I believe, because this agent, had his one of his relatives is a big wig in headquarters there you go boom done now i like the fraternal order of police actually now but there's a downside there's a downside to having that type of organization in that it sets up the us against them mentality right and that's that's where the u.s police have have gone you know as they have militarized for the last 20 years and that has not been good for the fbi has not been good for the police. It hasn't been good. For, it has not been good for America. Um, then, then you have the FBI, which swings. Well, I won't say swings. They will. They have the FBI who, during the Black Lives Matter protests, they have six FBI agents who, or not six, I think more, who kneel. In support of the Black Lives. Oh yeah, go online. Wow. And then, and now we call that a violation of hat of the Hatch Act. Right. Because that's a political statement. Now, the agents, they, the FBI actually asked the Agents Association to give them gift cards and support. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Wow. You, that, okay. They give, they give, no, I got, I was, I, I had a shrapnel wound in my hand when I got, when, when, uh, when a rocket blew up near me. Mm. No one gave me a gift card. They actually called up my wife and said I had been wounded. And when they found out that I had been a minor wound, they forgot to call up and tell her it was a minor wound. So oh, she, wow. spent a, she spent a day thinking I had a bullet through my stomach wow. no, until I called her. Hey, honey, how you doing? And she was like, are you, are you alive? Are you alive? <laughs> yeah. No, no. Anger. Anger. Right. How could, you, how could you do that to me? I'm like, I had no idea they would call you and not tell, not tell me. Um, and not that I need bravery, because I was actually running the other way like a bat out of hell as the rockets were landing around me. So there was no brave, no medal for bravery on that one. It was just sheer luck on my part. Survival. Um, yeah, the you know, rockets. So you, don't be, be, don't be brave around the Katusha rocket. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Run. I had, I actually had a guy named, uh, I, I will say his name, Don Bostic. Don Bostic, my hero. I was running towards the, towards the, opening, and, 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 and it was an armored door. The people were pulling the door closed because the rockets were literally coming in at the door. 
Now this, they're being shot from a place called Sodder City. Right. I was running there. Bostic was holding the door open, forcing it open so I could get in because the people, other people there were going to close the door on my ass and leave me yeah. out there alone. He held the door open to get me in and allow me to go. And the people were literally crying, screaming and crying at him, trying to pull him away from that door wow. and pull him out. Now he is my hero. He's from Louisiana. That's the kind of person I put him in for an award. Thank you. More. <laughs> Thank you. I, I mean, you sit and this guy was literally standing out there. And there I think there were three, the salvo was right at us was three rockets within first. The first one was, was, was hit sec. I could hear the alarms go off. I was carrying this guy's bags and some people that were, they were out in a gunfight. They're in a bad area, but I was carrying their bags as a matter of respect to the, into the area. And, Rockets came in. I, I got clipped by one of them. Got my body armor. Got a, a little piece of something. But Don Bostic held the door for me. That's the FBI agents that I know. Yeah. And he was standing there while rockets were coming in, so he could see. He, I mean, if you ever see a Katusha rocket, you can actually see it coming yeah. in. That's yeah. the best part. And there's nothing more worse than running at somebody and having their eyes go the size of saucers, going, "Oh shit, I'm dead. Whatever just came in behind me is gonna kill me." Right. And 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 he he held the door, shut it. Um. You know, it, 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 so you have those agents. I mean, you have a lot of them. I can name I can name a hundred examples of great agents doing great things in in really difficult situations. The agent who actually reported the um, this one agent, he calls me. He calls me up. Kurt, he goes, I want to tell you. He goes, I want to tell you something. Being a whistleblower in the FBI is the worst. I'm like, and he goes, I just can't. It just kills everything you want to do. All you do is you think about it. And I'm like, what are the sounds in the background? And he's like, oh, there's somebody shooting at me. I'm like, <laughs> like he's he's in a firefight talking about how depressed no, he is about the whistleblowing. He, he is in a firefight talking about this, and I I won't mention which one it is, but but where it was right next, it was right near his office. He responded, even though they told him not to do anything, he still went down there because that's what he did. He got trapped behind a wheel well of a car, and he was crouching down and figured at that time he was gonna call me up and tell me. Hey, Kurt, I want to complain about this. And there's guys, there's guys shooting at him. There's fire cops shooting. They're screaming at him, get away from the car. He stands up. He walks across from the car to the building and they're screaming, going, you need to run. It's go it's really bad. They're shooting. He's like, you think it's bad here? You should see back at my FBI office. It's much worse for me <laughs> back there. I'm like, so I, so he calls me up and I'm like, you have to have your head in the game. Right. He's like, Kurt, I, I want to be in tears because I'm doing this for my country. And meanwhile, I'm, they're trying to fire me. I said, you're, you're, I know, but you have a family. I said, I, I get it. Your stomach is sick. You're all, and, and that's a true, that's true. That, that actually right. happened. And I'm like, if now you have to go back, you have to check to make sure that you go through the procedures to make sure that you're good for that fight. Because if you do something wrong, they're going to fire you for being technically wrong. And so he did, he went through, he went, I walked him through everything and, um, and he was good and he was good, but imagine you're, you have guys like that and those who you're trying to fire. And meanwhile, meanwhile, Sticky's in jail and, um, and the other guys is the supervisor and you, it's unexplained. It's unexplainable. It's corrupt. So that, and again, this is all stuff that has been brought to Congress. This was a protected disclosure made to a congressman. Okay, I would have done it quietly, but 
1.3 to 2.4 million people listening and you know subtlety is my middle name yeah so anyway so so here's a question i have for you so looking at that situation and and just looking back at some of the whistleblowing you've seen within the fbi what is your honest opinion about what they did at mar-a-lago And and first of all, this is not something that that's an isolated event. Like th- this is a known issue in the government with doctors. Can we jump, can we jump one area before Marlago? I'll, sure. I'll, I'll, okay. Sure. Twitter. Twitter. I get a call from a reporter. Says, "Hey, there's that." One of the reporters asked, "Hey, who's the person who's doing all the disclosures to the press for Twitter?" And the Twitter goes, "Oh, it's a guy named James Baker." Now, James Baker, they're like, James Baker, the guy from the FBI? They're like, yeah, yeah, he used to be working the FBI. James Baker was the general counsel for the FBI. Right. He's doing the disclosures on what should come out for the stuff that he was doing at Twitter. Come to find out. So a reporter told me this. I'm like, there's something wrong here. A reporter called me up. Actually, it was Carrie Pickett again, who's who's great, uh, from the Washington Times. She called. I'm like, wait, there's something missing here. And what is it? I'm like, money. Yeah. What else is there? She said, well, there are evidently a lot more people that were hired by the FBI devoted to a program. So the FBI took executives, they retired from the FBI, and then they went to the Twitter to be hired for a particular program. Oh. Oh. I get where you're going now. (laughs) (laughs) Pay for play. So $200,000 a piece for a job. You hire evidently, evidently, someone told me a number as high as 80 that were hired. Wow. And evidently, they may have been censoring documents. Hey, by, hey, this guy, right? One of, one of the, we may not have been picking, one reporter called me up and said, hey, there was a, one person they had censored because he had 69 followers and he was saying threatening things about the FBI. <laughs> 69 followers? 69. <laughs> I, Really? And you're worried about that? I know. I know. I know. That's the crazy. That's how crazy it is. And but evidently there were a lot of people devoted. Now, Twitter's not going to hire those people because FBI FBI employees are notorious for getting terminated or for leaving a, the job after one year. Right. For a lot for a lot of reasons. One is they're not capable of surviving in any institution other than the FBI in prison. Right. You know, you're, you're, you're institutionalized. And, and two, they just don't know what they want to do. But to have all these people come over there and get devoted to projects, the bureau is going to pay, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, they paid. They said there was three point five million dollars. So I look at the math here. I look at the math. Eighty. Figure two hundred thousand dollars is kind of where I would. I give if if I was to hire them, they'd be worth about twenty five thirty grand. But they're executives, so we'll give them at two hundred thousand. Two hundred. Yeah. Times that by um, eighty employees. So what are you looking at? So you're looking at. Eight million, sixteen million. Twitter's got to make a profit, right? So you got to double that or triple it. But that's you're in you're in the thirty-two. Yeah, thirty to sixty million dollars, maybe. I told I told the reporter, I'm like, my God, that's just pay for play. Yeah, that's all that is. I mean, why would you ever want FBI? Because you know they're going to turn all that. That you those are informants. Yep. So you have walked around the rules for subpoenas. By making by putting all your informants inside social media, yep. are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's outrageous. How, how I I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say with that. You've just affected. If that's true, and I'm praying it's not, 
you just set up a whole bunch of agents to blow away the First Amendment. For people. Not, only, not only that, but you look at, you know, some of the countries that, that we identify as communistic and state run media. So now yeah. you have government bleeding into social media, still media. And we're getting, you know, yes. pumped out from Twitter what they want us to see and what they want us to hear. And, and we're talking about the same ones that are that can't actually stop um, sexual harassment. Yeah. Se sexual harassment is the easiest, easiest thing in the world to stop in the Bureau. They, you could stop that in a day because all you do is you tell your executives, if you get caught, we'll have some – any – We'll, we'll, we'll remove you right then and there. If we look at it and we find there's cause to believe it, we'll remove you. We'll put you in another position for a year, and then if, if it comes out true, you're gone. But we won't let you lead troops while you're doing this. They have to do it. The bureau, the bureau is so sexist. 20, the, what would he say? About 50% of the American population is female, yeah. give or take? Okay, only 20% of the bureau's agents are, are female. And, wow. and females serve an incredibly important part of the FBI because in a lot of jobs, they're as good, they're as good as at, at investigations as men, just that simple. In fact, I would say my, I had a, I had a squad and the best, the best agents on my squad, the top three were females. And that wasn't even a close call. They worked so hard that they were, and they all had families. Right. And, um, one 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 of them during COVID, I was like, "What are you gonna do? You lock people up and drag them to your house because they're not accepting prisoners at jail? What are you gonna do with it? You're gonna arrest people while while you're having the first week of COVID when everything's locked down?" And they're like, "She's like, if I have to, yes." I'm like, "I'm like, okay, whatever, don't do it, but just just keep the keep the indictment there, keep the complaint, but don't arrest them." And I have to tell the women that I didn't get that call from men from a male telling me I want to do the arrest. But so they, and they're great SWAT operators. Well, they can't be SWAT. Look at any woman could be a SWAT operator. If you're working, you may have to work out harder, stronger, better, right, right. but it, but it doesn't take people don't run through doors at, you know, and run hundred yard dashes. They do methodical um, attacks. If they're doing dynamic attacks, every woman, every woman there could do it very much. So the FBI did not let women be in SWAT operators for a while. They now are starting to do that. But sexual harassment is endemic mm. in the bureau. I had one, I had one, I had one client. It made national, made New York Post. She she was in Newark actually. She was in Newark. Ah, you know what? She the, the rapist. She was actually one of the victims of the rapist. Oh wow! Um, so she goes to she goes to headquarters to flee from flee from the guy, and um, she and she goes to Vegas, and she's feeling bad. So she goes to employees assistance EAP employees assistance program counselor. Mm -hmm. The guy sends her, the EAP guy, who's a supervisor, sends her a dick pic. This is the, this is not the, the rapist. This is the other guy. It's a candy-colored, a photo of a candy-colored dildo. Now it's wow. in the, it's actually in the New York Post. If you you can fact check me on this, it's in the yeah. New York Post. And so you have, so you have this, you have this guy doing, um, sending her this. They left him in place. And in fact, two weeks after they after this happened, they threatened to OPR her. Well, OPR means Office of Professional Responsibility, getting punished. They threatened to send her for administrative punishment for not being professional, and they <laughs> gave him an award for professionalism. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. It, it's <laughs> actually it's actually an indictment. This I wrote not in a complaint. I wrote I wrote the complaint. I'm like, 
I, I'm like, you can't make this stuff up. That's crazy. It, it, it doesn't. And why would you treat people? You're trying to get women in the FBI. Why would you treat them like that? So, so who oversees, who does the checks and balances for the FBI? There are no checks and balances. That's the problem. Yes. The, 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 there, there is an OIG, but, it, but the OIG, only time the OIG really gets involved is if it's a whistleblower complaint and right. it has to go through a process and it's five to seven years it'll take to come out of it. Yeah. So and, no, get, and those people who don't know OIG is the Office of the Inspector General. Yes. Yeah. Now, now, most departments have an OIG that oversees the, the whole department. Right. The FBI only has it for one particular purpose. The, I work. I mean, here's you. You would think they all, by by 2012 they already knew I was a kind of a dangerous guy for the bureau. There was just no doubts about that. But right. they actually put me into the into internal affairs, what they call now internal affairs. So they gave me internal affairs, and um, my son's behind me. I apologize. Um, oh, that's okay. And and they they gave me they put me in internal affairs and taught me how everything worked. Oh my God! It's all they armed you. Yeah. Yes, but but no one gets the bosses don't get in trouble. Right. The bosses all get in order for a boss to get in trouble, the the pun the punishment has to be over fourteen days. So if they punish him for thirteen days of suspension, he doesn't serve the suspension. He or she doesn't serve it. So that's what they do. They they if they they set it up. And here's why: because theoretically, the reason is because if you do four, less than fourteen days, it's like taking a vacation right and um it's like take it's like taking a vacation and you still get the same pay that being said they have they have to um they should remove them from the job right once you get punished because you all agents can only be until you're 57 now they're hiring these guys and they're they are turning them into contractors so they can stay longer than 57. You don't want anybody in the FBI staying longer than 57. I promise Holy you. Cow. Yeah. So they're, they're doing, they're working around this by hiring people back as contractors and giving them extensions, give extensions to GS 13s who are senior agents. Don't give them to SESers right, or right. executives. The other thing about the, the FBI is there are no political appointees except for the director. Right. The director gets to spend 10 years, but, it, but, but the whole thing is, with everything's within the FBI, it is like going to some inbred camp that's been around for a hundred years in the desert. It really, it, that's the problem. It, the executives all know each other. It's a protection. System. Sounds like Scientology is what it sounds like. Now, what, now why are you insulting Scientology? <laughs> <laughs> right? No, because the Scientology, they won't, they, they don't have as many guns. They, no, they true, true. Scientology doesn't have the power that the FBI has. That, that brings me brings me to another question. So the IRS is hiring something like I, I can't remember how many thousands of new agents, IRS agents, and arming them. Did did you did you hear about that as well? You know, I, IRS has had has two types of two types of what I would call agents. Uh -huh. They have the armed version, and they have the um unarmed version. Now I want to tell you something. I want to tell you a secret about the armed version. Okay. Mm -hmm. IRS agents that are armed are allergic to tax cases. Really? They don't do it. Yes. They don't they want to do, do organized crime or racketeering. Yes. And gotcha. money laundering. They don't gotcha. want to have anything to do with tax cases. So if they hire, uh, if they hire 50,000 that are armed, the country is not going to have a single, a single extra tax case. I, the best people I worked with were, were IRS agents 
on, on OC cases, on organized crime cases because of that. They'll right. work really hard. They just are, just will not do a tax case to save their life. Yeah, they can't I, I, was, do I was curious about that because when I heard about that, I was like, they have to be racketeering and organized crime specific agents. They're not. They're, they're supposed to be doing they're – what they're supposed to be doing is they bring you bring in an IRS agent, and they're supposed to look at the tax right. issues and do the tax aspects of the case. I spent 24 years in, never had, I used IRS agents all the time, never had a single tax issue come up with them. They never even mentioned it. In fact, you wouldn't know. They actually are task force, they're usually in our task forces and they say, I'm with the IRS, I'm with the IRS. Because they don't want to get, <laughs> not because they're, they're embarrassed by the IRS because they don't want to do tax cases. Right, right. And, and they're real, it's, and they're really good. Let's, let's compare that to postal inspectors. Postal inspectors will in fact do postal cases. Mm-hmm. And you can and, and you can go online and you can watch where you know every if you watch those First Amendment auditors that come and they they like show video they take out a video camera in a post office or police station and then the cops come and they harass them type right. of thing. Ha, video videotaping people in public is legal. Mm-hmm. Videotaping cops is all is constitutionally protected. Um, but but you'll see the the postal employees if you go to. A, post office and you take out a video camera, you'll now call a postal inspector and or postal inspector and they will come and they will most likely tell you, oh, he's allowed to film. It's public. It's federal property. It's public. And they know the rules. The, the, right. A lot of the police officers don't, right. uh, but those guys do know the rules and it's legal to film in there. It's actually on the board. So I have the highest respect and, but they will do you, you mess with the post you will find the rat. You will find some wrath going on there with the postal yeah. inspectors. You don't want to mess with them. IRS, commit all the tax fraud you want. Don't worry about it. Racketeering, you're a dead man. Because the IRS will do all the books for you. They'll do it for right. the agents. They'll FBI. They will do every single, every single spreadsheet will be done by the IRS, and they'll be all be perfect. So people were freaking out when they heard about the IRS hiring all these armed agents. It shouldn't be citizens who are worried. It should be organized crime and the crime families in New York that are worried. Yeah. Well. Well. Yes. But. But my guess is. There's not that many. I, I don't think there's 2,000 or 3,000 armed agents. They're going to hire auditors. There's another word, right. another term. Sit there and do tax cases all day long. They'll never leave their desk. They'll, they, just, they just what they do is they do dialing for dollars. Right. So they'll call you up, say, "Hey, threatening. You yeah. got a problem? You know, let's work out a deal." And and if you talk to them up front, they 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 get they get um, rated how many cases they settle. So if you could settle with them up front. But not too early, but early enough that you'll get out of their hands. You you probably will get the best deal you can. And they're good. They're they're good people. They I've had, I've seen a um, I had a lot of luck with them, um, because if if there's charges to be made, mm-hmm. it may be better to have a tax charge against somebody than another charge. And and so that it's because it's. It's administrative, really. And that's is. negotiable too. Yes, and so right. yeah, rather than getting some charge that may affect someone's life, um, I actually I did so I did one of my whistleblower cases, and it, it turned out went really far, far south because I got really I got really um, I don't I'm I'm a very very gentle lawyer. I always grant continuances. I always ask um, provide you know agree to th- things that the government wants. Because mm-hmm. it's because it's just decency. They don't right. do the same to me. But I had one case that went south, and then I really I, I went I went to town on them. Baseball bat in the back in in the woodshed, and really beat the living daylights out of them. And then almost two months to the day, 
I got a refund for my, this is, this is last year. I got a refund for 2015 taxes. Oh, wow. Now, now what are the chances that that was a coincidence that they, someone called up the IRS and said, can you audit him for the last 10 years? Right. <laughs> and they gave me a $2,600 refund. Like, what? A, That's awesome. Yeah. Or they, or they could lock me up. We locked the guy up for, you know, $400 of tax fraud, that criminal, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, just to harass, um, to harass the, um, the people. And, and I, I said, that's not fair. Right. That's stuff, that's stuff that should not ever happen in the FBI. And do I think it happened? Absolutely. Oh, all, yeah. all it takes is a phone call. It's mm -hmm. not a big conspiracy. I always laugh when the people tell me it's a conspiracy. Wait, a conspiracy is an agreement between two people to do something that may be try to stick someone or illegal. Yeah, it's a conspiracy. We do them all the time. Right. I conspire with my wife against my kids all the Constantly. time. Yeah, that's what marriage is about with kids. But okay, so let's go to uh, now. We we go to Twitter. Twitter was a problem. Mm. So look at Marlago. Trump had classified material at Marlago, right? Maybe. Right. Let's for the sake of argument. But, but how it. many presidents? could be or would be guilty of the same thing well wait let, let's compare let's not why, why don't we compare him to the executives on the seventh floor oh true true <laughs> we have yeah. to go back to the presidents right okay how many of those documents were leaking were were, were were transmitting outside that safe exactly i mean if you you're going to charge the president for doing this and you're not going to charge your two senior executives for carrying cell phones in a skiff right well, you, that's what what would what do you what do you think is more dangerous absolutely this, i would worry about the skip not the president i know yeah if, if he had a i mean i always laugh with the, the 100 plus pages of documents right. I, I have to i mean there have been plenty of executives who have walked out with there's actually a way there, there's actually a way of transporting classified material and it's right but they have been left in bathrooms they have been left on trains they've been stolen um malfeasance i think they had an fbi agent in in Kansas City, who was charged with, she was like hoarding class, uh, hoarding records from the FBI. She literally was taking all kinds of records home and just stacking them. She wasn't giving them to anybody. She just was literally just, she was just a hoarder. I mean, literally. And she went to jail. I think she went to jail or she got convicted, but she had tons of them. And and if if look at if I look at the threat, I think the threat posed by Director Ray. And his staff is significantly mm. higher than the threat posed by Trump. Right. I think if Trump, but again, here's not here's not where they're going to get him. It's classified material that may or may not work on a jury. It's the 1001, the false statement against the federal, the federal to the federal agents or to the federal prosecutors. That's right. where they'll get him. That because that's easy enough to prove. Oh, they lied to us, right. and this is why. Ten years ago, I would say talk to an agent, but now I actually, I mean, and, and I'm not the only agent who's saying this is you, you really need to have an audio or video, a tape of the conversation and or a lawyer passing the information along. Because if you if, if you said, you know, the sky is blue outside as part of investigation and it, well, it wasn't, it was more cloudy. That's a false statement. You're chargeable. Right. And, 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 and sometimes it's as it's, it's nuanced and they charge people with that. And that, by the way, is a felony. If you, you know. They, they were talking about that when I signed the OIA when I was working yes. as an informant. And they really emphasize the fact of if you say anything that might be untrue during this operation, yep. 
we can come back years later and get you for lying to a federal officer. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that, but why are you focusing so much on that piece of, 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 of the pie? But well, they, they do that. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And, and, but they're telling you up front, what right. they're doing is they're scaring you to make sure you tell the truth. Right. That's, and, and I, honestly, that's a good idea. That way you're not going to, cause I don't care if you tell me bad information. Hey, by the way, that's a bad news. He's right. innocent. Right. <laughs> and then you're like, Okay, you know, I mean, I, I want, I want, I don't want people to make stuff up for me in the FBI. Right. So, do they do they charge a lot of um, sources for that? No, um, they do on, on the drug arena because drugs is where people lie, cheat, and steal. Right. Every every inform every informant for I mean informant I use the word informant only when it relates to drugs and those transactional because they are true informants. The right. rest of the people are really op human sources, sources right. because because you could be. You could be a source for anything if in your building, your the informants are only used for particular items and nothing else because they can't be used for anything else. Right. Um, that's that's a bit that's a big difference. But but I mean the fact that they're scaring you to tell the truth and nothing but the truth, good good, that's right. where you want to be. And you want to tell the, the FBI, then you want to tell the FBI agents, okay, but but you but if you lie to me, what happens? Exactly. <laughs> they, they always told me it's a two way uh, two way street and it's a relationship, <laughs> and I was like. This street no. only has one lane. It only goes one way. <laughs> the bus goes one way. That's right. right. Yeah, that the bus. No, that they're allowed to. They're, the law enforcement is allowed to t test veracity by, by by providing false statements. You see my son in the background. Yeah. Um, they're allowed. They do that. It's there's a there's a reason to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I think it's gotten out of hand to some degree when 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 if if agents are lying about everything. Now, that's where we come to the Trump stuff, because I, I don't one is the president of the United States for something like this probably should never should never do it time. I think the president, if I was Biden, I would I would um, get I would give him um, I, I would I would just let him go. Just give right. him, you know, get immunity, give give him whatever paper it is to say goodbye. What, why does it matter? The man's the man. Everyone's going to know what happened. Right. If if you if you if you prosecute him, he may come back and be a good candidate. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I why test that? And and you you don't gain the U the U.S. gains nothing from it except a lot of vitriolic um, feelings. Now I have a harp playing. Please don't play the harp here. Thank you. It, to if, me, it um, seemed to me it seemed more like the like the Salem witch trials. You know, it was like they were trying to find anything and everything, and yeah. they just latched on to that classified material. But I mean, coming from the intelligence community and knowing that there's been classified documents and and whole envelopes left at bus stops. Yes. Before, yes. You know, and we're gonna try to get this guy for classified information because he's a president. You know, forget about all the other stuff, all the other informants you've put, you know, in danger because you've left files just sitting around. But we're gonna go after the president. I'm not. I'm not upset about that. I'm upset by Trump that he killed Soleimani or ordered the ordered the, right. the, the hit on Soleimani. Not that he had a bunch of shit in his. In right. his I mean, it's the whole idea. He left it in a room, and yeah, people can look at it. But it, it's really the documents. They're they're problematic. If he was, if he had a reason to have them, 
Mm -hmm. then I would want to know what those reasons are, why he kept stuff. I mean, I would want to have, you know, I, I would probably say if you, DOJ, explain to me, we will let, we'll give you a non-pros if you explain why you get, you took all this stuff so we understand why this stuff was valuable. No, the greatest documents in the world are beautiful. They belong in Trump t t palace. But what, why did you take these? What did they, what did they give you? Right. That would be more important because that's what they do for people that are spies. They right. give them breaks if they disclose what happened and it allowed us to do a damage assessment. Damage control. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, the damage assessments are huge. That way, you know, and plus to look at it and say, is anything missing? And, and he may, here? he may turn around and tell him, look, I took the papers because I knew this was going to happen. Yes. That that's the problem is that, that, that yeah. the best defense is, Hey, by the way, the FBI is corrupt. That, that they're, right. they're out to get me, so I needed these as leverage. How, how do you – that's outrageous. Best yeah. one, if you go down to, to Miami, the former SAC down in Miami was had, had to resign, and then there were, the, there were allegations that he, he was giving a quid pro quo or something short of that to a person that was um, – that was uh, – that was – like the sheriff because the sheriff was african-american and he wanted to be the first person to to um to arrest an african-american and, and i'm not sure you know for all that what that is i understand the thought process on that it's not it may not be a quid pro quo it's like look you have you finally have one african-american there and okay the guy screwed up right do i want do i necessarily want to charge him or but but that that's a discussion you have with the u.s attorney's office Right. Have you have and, and then you bring the guy in and you tell him, look, this is the problem. You need to fix this. There's there's actually civil ways of going through of fixing things. You know, when you're in a serious situation, when you walk into the U.S. Attorney's Office and Department of Justice sitting there with the U.S. Attorney's Office and the Secret Service, that's when you know shit's about to hit the van. Yeah. Well, no, you do with that. You walk over and you sit right next to the the U.S. Attorney. You go. Right. You sit down right next to him, and then you you. That that way that, that they, you understand about how how afraid you are, and then you look at them, you look at their papers. Right. So that that that's the technique you use. Have no boundaries. It goes, it goes. Where are you going? Or you sit at the head of the table. You don't sit. Never sit across the room. Always no. sit right next to them because that just drives them nuts. And um and then and then ask your attorney to sit on the other side, and then look at them and say, "How you doing? I'm so happy to meet you." Yeah, I think at my table, I had the U.S. attorney, the head of the U.S. attorney's office in Houston to my left and then my lawyer immediately to my right. So it was like I could see the paperwork there and I could see the paperwork here. But then you had Department of Justice and a bunch of other people in the room. All too. around. Yeah, that, that's just a, that's a nightmare. Yeah, that's a, that's when every, when every seat in the room is taken by the other side. That's you're, you're lucky you're walking out of there with your head. I mean, really, right. that's yeah, you're that's there's there's no good that comes from that. No. Like. You look at your, your you look at your lawyer and your lawyer is looking awfully small, right? You look at him, he doesn't look that big. Everybody else have big heads in there and they're all looking pretty tough and your lawyer is looking well. I think what I think what saved me though is my lawyer was David Adler, the former CIA yeah. agent that got the guy out of prison that I guess got arrested for selling explosives to uh, I guess Libya during that whole arms scandal. Yes. So they arrested him and put him in prison. And then my lawyer got him out because he still had a clearance with CIA and, and Langley and was able to get all the information and show it to the judge that, hey, he was working for CIA. So, I mean, he was a great lawyer. But what I found interesting was when we hit the elevator after the meeting with the uh, U.S. Attorney's Office, the U.S. Attorney's Office handed him a folder of images to analyze. 
because he still works for the U.S. Attorney's yeah. Office as a consultant. Yeah. So I thought, oh, I got a pretty good, you know, good lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's everyone needs a part-time job, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. So I there there's clearly there are clearly insiders right in, in, inside inside the government and trump is an outsider right so that is trump's problem it do you think it'll advantage. damage his ability to run effectively in 2024 i don't think he will you don't think so no i i i i i, I, I hate to say it i think that a lot of the stuff he's doing right now i mean the, the did you see those the ball card the ball the baseball cards yeah. Oh my God. That that's your big announcement. Oh my God. I mean, <laughs> the baseball cards you can launder money with. I mean, right. you're, and meanwhile, you know, Bitcoin and all the all these all the all the cryptocurrencies are going down. It's turning into garbage, and he's yep. pushing he's pushing another form of non fungible stuff. NFTs. <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean that that's that's what that's what money laundering is made is made of. I mean, is that type of, of non fungible stuff? Oh, for sure. So, so I don't. I what do I think? I think you're only doing that if you're looking for money. Hey, you know he's a president. I mean, Billy Billy Carter made a lot of money on his Billy Bear and other stuff, and you're allowed to profit. I mean, you know, mm. I th I think Obama has done fairly well since he's come come out i saw his house it's like wow you are doing very well on nantucket or not martha's vineyard martha I mean, yeah. yeah yeah i mean so what do i so i i can't hold that against the, you know the presence cuz they get they they're allowed to have a life yeah and i mean they don't get a ton of money after they leave the no. presidency no they get, i think they get their they get their salary right they yeah, get it's like 200 or 500,000 dollars yeah. or something for the rest that, of their lives but that's it, the presidential salary Right. And that's not much when you put it in perspective with CEOs and like big tech and stuff like that's that. A that's a lot of money. <laughs> well, well, yeah, for you and I, but not for like Bezos or, or other CEOs of companies. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the, well, I was going to tell you the, the we got to go back to the FBI. So if you, the best video you can watch is the director of the FBI getting, getting um, laid into over his airplane. Did you hear? Did you watch that one? I heard about that. Oh, it's, it's wonderful because the FBI director, he, he um, was taking, he left a congressional hearing mm -hmm. to, and, and he, because he had to catch a plane, but it was actually an FBI plane. A G5 site was a citation G5 that was waiting for him so he can go on vacation. So that's what he was, that's what he was doing. And um forgot to tell the, the Senator, that, Oh yeah, I'm waiting for my personal government jet to fly me. Now, he he responded by saying, "Well, I have to pay for those flights. I, I'm required. I'm required by taking them. So he's required by FBI policy to have his plane. If I'm if I'm the director of FBI, I I, I want that policy too. Yes, yeah. I got. The, yeah. Yes, I, I have to pay. And he has to pay the flight. I guess someone looked at the flight. It would cost him $120 to take because he has to pay a coach rate, not at the citation rate, at a coach rate. Wow. And it gets worse. It gets worse." So he left. He left a statutorily, oh, a statutory oversight meeting mm -hmm. to go on vacation. Forgot to tell him he's going on vacation. Wouldn't told him he has to leave. And then there's a protected disclosure by the by pilots to Congress. This is wonderful. Congress has already leaked leaked the site. 
you may, may I know is Congress is like they they leak everything. They're I mean, sin, I, yeah. It's, ter- it's terrible. We all can hope they clamp it down. I was hoping they were going to be like an iron bear trap, but that's just not what they are. But but the pilots ba- made a, um, a disclosure that Ray doesn't like the commute to where his airplane is held at some secret spot, which is about 30 minutes or 45 minutes from where he works mm. in traffic. I mean, a little more in traffic. So he has his airplane flown from now you have Quantico, you have you have places around that have government America from right. his from his airfield that's very close to Reagan National. So he can go and it costs a, th- a thousand or more dollars to land an airplane at Reagan National. Right. So he he lands it there so he can doesn't have to do the commute because he really doesn't like doing commuting. So that's... he he that's how powerful he is that he needs to miss the commute. Now he's got three or four cars that are following him and they got lights on him because you know he's running off the side with with the lights going on so he can but you know even that you know that's if i was a director i'd be like no man i don't want i don't want to have the lights chasing people away i look like a jerk i want to just fly right. over reagan and then pay pay the extra thousand or two thousand dollars and then fly right that's waste fraud and abuse that's all that is right it just it just i mean in the fact that he he would think like that says he's out of touch with what agents do now I was I was in the Middle East, and I needed a flight. I needed a flight to go from the U from the Middle East to to the United States with one stop. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get I couldn't get it I couldn't get a, a, a G5 to fly it, which caused me a lot of problems, because what I what was being flown was not anything that you would want to fly in any other place. Right. It, I, I'm doing, I'm, I'm as an agent on the ground, I'm the one suffering because they can't use the G5. I want behavioral analysis to fly around in the G5. I want the the SWAT team, the HRT right. to fly around there. I don't want the director. The director is not that important. I mean, do you, you think the director is making some life changing minute by minute decision? No, you have a bunch. He can use a cell phone. He's a political pawn, basically. Yeah. Well, he's a political king, but he right. could do it by, he could do it anywhere. And he doesn't need to fly back there. He could literally, he has, he has bosses in every field office that could run things. He doesn't fly to a field office and take charge. He right. has enough communication wherever he goes, including this, you know, his, all, any of his permanent residences that he could just do it from there. This is 2022 going on 23 and he doesn't need to fly that jet, no. but he's doing it because he can, and he made the pol- and he made the policy. Him and with the c- concurrence of DOJ, made the policy. And my guess is because there's probably two jets, and the and I'm be- I'm guessing that the AG now they used to share a jet. And it, oh yeah. And, oh no, they used to, they used to share a jet, and this was their fight between the attorney general and the de- the FBI director. Have nothing better to do than fight about who's but driving the bicycle. Yeah, about the bicycle. That's right. They're, they're two kids fighting over a bicycle. And, and, and so they used to have, this is Mueller's problem. The DOJ guy wants to, um, wants to use the airplane again. You mean the DOJ guy, the attorney general? Yeah. Well, he doesn't get to use it. I want to use it. Tell him go pound sand. Now, honestly, I actually think that the, the DOJ guy would actually be more important to fly around than the FBI guy. Cause the DOJ has a lot of different elements right. that would require that. Whereas, and whereas the FBI has centrally central location, they have their own command. They have their own communication. Regional he can headquarters. Sit in his office. Yes. Yeah. You know, he could take a flight. And by the way, he, if he wants, he probably can carry a gun. 
Yeah, on I mean, commercial too. Yeah, and he has a whole hostage rescue team that a protection detail. Yeah, and, and Louis Free was Louis Free would take a train back to Connecticut and New York when he when he would go. Um, I, I I don't see why Ray can't do that. I think it's a disgrace if that protected disclosure is true, and I have no reason to doubt that it is because they're just coming from pilots. Um, they, he should, we already had one, we already had one director that was forced to step down mm -hmm. because of, um, because of that type of political graft. So it's, you know, so Ray needs to go. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. And I think that we're going to see a lot more coming out of this as time progresses, but I, I worry about 2024 because I, I think that with the FBI running unchecked and, you know, all the turmoil that we've gone through over the past 10 years, 2024 is going to be a nightmare, I think. Well, you know, here's the good part about this. There is, there is, there is one check in there, mm. and it's the agents. Right. And here's why. Because the it's, it's new, if you've dealt with enough of them, you know, just because you tell an agent what to do doesn't necessarily mean he does it. Right. That, I mean, that's how pathetic this is, that the check, the, the, the balance in the check is at the agent level when they tell somebody not to do something, and then – that agent said they tell him do this and they're like yeah okay sure. in in salt in salt lake city um we have one protected disclosure that went to congress and it has gone all around congress where doj sent an affidavit for a search warrant to a squad in salt lake city and the the, the, the supervisor of the squad gave it to two agents two senior agents they looked at it they said this isn't right they did the draft again sent it back they sent it back a few times and the agent said the you know, it's, it doesn't really portray the group like we think it should portray them. And, and they, they removed the supervisor because wow. he refused, he refused to order the um, agents to sign the affidavit. You, that's the kind of agents you need in the FBI. Yeah. That, that is, that is your, that is your real FBI agent. The guy who got removed, he got sent to, he called me up. He got sent to the electric, the FBI's electric chair, which is actually locate, which is located and CJIS, which is the Criminal Justice Information Center in West, in um, West Virginia, which is where all good agents go to die. Because if you go there, if you get a temporary duty there, you're never coming out. Now, just funny enough that he goes there, and then I get this great story from another about another SAC who comes, who's in another field office, who decided he's going to handle the racial stuff like he should. So he puts out to his supervisors. I'm done. I'm done with all this racial issues. From now on, no one's getting promoted in this office unless they're Af unless they're African American. Oh my gosh! So so they, so they so since my client's in the electric chair, they can't actually move this guy over there and get killed off. So so they had to move him somewhere else. And you're like, where did where did you did you get these guys from? You just that's just, crazy. Just it doesn't take a lot to do this. That guy right there doesn't understand the job. So he, he needs to go. He needs to be put down. Right. He needs to be retrained, put down to a position, maybe one lower and, and given, keep the same pay. Who cares? And just say, look at man, you're not, you're, you're not, not cut out you're, for that. You're not cut out for it. Now they, in New York, they used to have something called the rubber room. Mm. They, they had they, in New York, they had the rubber gun squad and they had the rubber room. And the, and, the, and the rubber gun squad was for agents that were just lost their minds. Now, in, in New York City, agents commute, a lot of them commute 100, 100 miles each way or more. I commuted 90 miles each way every day, wow. so 180 miles. And I, I was about to lose my mind. and probably did several times. But other agents, I had one agent that was commuting from Massachusetts. 
and I would drive by and he would, he would have rocket packs on his back, on his car going down because he was going a hundred miles an hour, both ways home. Cause you have to, and he, he right. was on, a, he was on a SWAT team. So he would, so he was, but he was on the edge agents in New York sleep in the office. They will sleep wow. in the office. But if you lose your mind in the FBI, you go to a, you go to a rubber gun squad for a little while, which is a good thing to have. You get that, you get that cool blue gun. You could go do what you want, walk around for a few weeks or a few months, enjoy yourself. You still get paid. And then when you, then when you, you've recovered, you go back and no one cares. Cause a lot of people go in the rubber gun squad in the, they also have the rubber, the rubber room for supervisors where someone's deemed to be a supervisor who has no business being a supervisor. So he's assigned to the, you know, the rubber gun, the rubber room, where's the rubber room? So he's put there for, hey, yo, until he lose, either resigns and or able to stay in the room so long that he's, he's deemed worthy of coming out and taking another jobs. But in New York, that's what they, they, they kind of handle their own thing, their own, own issues. Um, for good or bad, but they're not firing the people right. right away because a lot of guys after 10 or 15 years of driving 200 miles a day and being put through all kinds of garbage, they lose their minds. And, yeah. and so and, and they just need a break and they give it to them. That totally makes sense. It, well, Kurt. Yeah, okay. We gave him too, too much time. Uh, yeah. It's been a pleasure having you on. We've been on for two hours. So this oh, I'm be, sorry. this will be a great episode for the listeners. So this is, this should make up for the fact I haven't done a, an episode for the last couple of weeks. So this should be good, but I appreciate it, Kurt. And it's an uh, honor. We're going to have to do another, another episode fairly quick, probably next month. Perfect. So any, for that? Any, any time I, I, I awesome. it's an honor being here. Awesome. Thank you. Take well, care. Give, give your family my best and uh happy new year. And I'll follow up with you. There's your hey, wave, wave, wave at my son. Wave. Oh, there you go. What's up, buddy? <laughs> well, ha have a good night, Kurt, and Take I'll care. talk to you after the new year. Enjoy yourself. Bye-bye.